question for the day is on the back of the bulletin. And this is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, the Way of the Cross. I believe this is an Auntie Annie Johnson Flint uh, poem. Uh, but The Way of the Cross. Some of us stay at the cross. Some of us wait at the tomb. Quickened and raised with Christ, yet lingering still in, in the gloom. Some of us bide at the Passover feast with Pentecost all unknown. The triumphs of grace in the heavenly place that our Lord has made our own. If Christ, who had died, had stopped at the cross, his work had been incomplete. If Christ, who was buried, had stayed in the tomb, he had only known defeat. But the way of the cross never stops at the cross, and the way of the tomb leads on to the vict victorious grace in the heavenly place where our risen Lord has gone. Uh, and as you think of that grace that's spoken of that's provided in salvation, it is a similar word to the word that causes us to be thankful. So if you knew your Greek, grace, charis, right? Thanksgiving, you charisteo. So that grace is right in there. And it's an attitude of appreciation for grace. Now, we've been trained in American society to only be thankful when things are going well. When we talk about uh, where unsaved people are and how they can relate to some of these biblical terms, right? They could have peace, but it's only when things are going well. When things start to go wrong, their peace quickly leaves them. They can have joy, but again, it's situational. It's only when things are going well. They can be thankful, but it's only when they're receiving things that they want or desire. Now, unfortunately, us within the church can sometimes be this way as well, right? We're thankful. <laughs> We're thankful to God when we see and appreciate something he's given us that we want, right? We're thankful on a designated day, Thanksgiving, because oh, we're, we're supposed to be thankful on this day. We're supposed to think about and remember all of the things that God has given us and provided for us. I hope, and, and I know you guys aren't this way, but I hope that believers as a corporate body aren't this way, right? To where we can only appreciate God when things are going well. That's a bad place to be. And I'm going to show you today from scripture what the attitude of unthankfulness leads to. <laughs> For a believer, it's a big open door that you're opening up to your sin nature and works of the flesh. Because what you're saying in being unthankful and not being thankful all the time is that what the God of the universe that created all things, right? Not just the things that you see. He's created the things that you can't see. The God of the universe that has created all of this and is all powerful. We all acknowledge that, right? He didn't account for something in your life individually, right? There's something in my life he missed. <laughs> There's this situation over here that, you know, yeah, he saved me way in times past. Yeah, he provided everything he needed to in my salvation, but... You know, this one here, I, 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 I don't know. Maybe he just forgot about this one, right? Is that going on in your life? <laughs> no, it's not going on in your guys' life. Some, sometimes in my life, it's going on, right? And it's a subconscious thing. It's not 
right at the forefront of your mind where you're continually thinking, oh, this situation that I'm now unthankful for is because I don't have a true appreciation for who God is and what God has provided to me. I'm not going to use you guys as an example, so I'll point the finger at myself. Sometimes I get at a place where I'm not thankful, and it creeps in, right? (laughs) It just creeps in, and you don't even realize it. And before you know it, this one opportunity for you to be unthankful has grown into several opportunities where you're unthankful, right? And you're walking down the road of carnality because you didn't have a true appreciation for what God has provided to you. Let us not be that way. Again, the common conception for Thanksgiving as you look at the world is it's a holiday, it's favorable circumstances, it's a transactional thing. You do this for me, God, and I will give you thanks. You provide the circumstances and things that I desire, and I will give you thanks. Some of our televangelists are are really spurring this, right? You do everything that you're supposed to do, and God is going to provide everything for you. And then when he's provided it all for you, now you can be thankful because he's done what you've proven him, right? And he has proven himself to be God again. Well, I want to say that God exists a little bit out of outside of our little bitty minds, right? And our inability to, to comprehend who he truly is. And you can't be thankful if you're not comprehending the fullness of who God is. We'll look at that today. So the biblical view of Thanksgiving is for all times, for all things, in all situations. There is not one time that comes about that you can't give thanks. There is not one circumstance that comes about in your life that you cannot give thanks for. There is not one person that comes about in your life for whom you cannot give thanks. When we see people that are doing things that are opposite to what we desire, is it our posture to give thanks for that person? For me, I said I'm not going to use you guys as an example or even people in the world. For me, sometimes people get on my nerves, right? (laughs) And probably, I'm sure, vice versa, right? No, (laughs) that never happens. (laughs) Thank you, Brother Scott. (laughs) But no, sometimes people get on your nerves. Are you giving thanks for those people? Sometimes situations come about for which naturally you do not want to give thanks. Look at the Hebrew saints over there in in the book of Hebrews who had lost everything before they were taking joyfully the spoiling of their goods. And now they are not overcoming in in the present time when the author was writing to them. Were they being thankful? No. The appreciation for grace is at view when you look at Thanksgiving. It's right there in the word for Thanksgiving, Eucharistia or Eucharisteo. Good grace. I have an appreciation for what God has provided to me in grace. To do opposite is to think that God has given you something that you deserve. Right? Is anyone in this room willing to say that the salvation that we've been provided, we deserve to have it? Or did God stoop down and have mercy on people who really didn't deserve it at all? 
<laughs> it, it was an opportunity for me again as we were reading through in uh, one of our Bible study devotions at work. Uh, Romans chapter 9, the pastor always uh, gives me a hard time about when I was just a little boy and I didn't <laughs> understand uh, election and I thought, boy, this is not nice, right? This, <laughs> this is not a good thing. How could God choose some, right? And not everybody. How could he not make this available to everybody? But again, my understanding and my development in who God is Cause for me to say, you know what? I'm just glad he chose me, right? How could he choose anybody? <laughs> How could out of this dirty, rotten core of people who are unproductive and in, unable to do anything, how could he choose any? For his purpose and for his will. And to have an appreciation for that grace that is provided is necessary for the believer. And then an attitude expressed through action. You cannot go to a place where you are appreciative for what God has provided in your life unless it starts within you. It's just like love, right? I'm going to love you now, right? I'm a robot. I'm going to, yeah, I know I'm supposed to love, so this person's getting on my nerves. I'm going to love you. No, you can't do that, and you can't do that with Thanksgiving either. It's something that starts within you, right? Because you're aligned to the source. And it's uh, an environment within you that comes out through actions. And we see it in our communication as this is one of the foremost parts of communication with God is being thankful. We don't go to God, according to the book of Philippians, and tell him, hey, God, I want this and I want this and I want this and I want that. Or you know what, God, I, I'm, I'm going to cry for help on behalf of this believer over here before I give him thanks for the situations and the environment that he's already caused. Because that supplication, even that intercession, even those requests that you can make to God are pointless if you're not understanding that God is in full control over everything that's going on. They're pointless if you don't understand that the God that you're asking to do this thing already has the solutions laid out for that situation. Otherwise, we're changing his mind and getting him to align with us. Little old us, right? No, it's the opposite. He's already got his plan and purpose worked out, and it's aligning us with what that plan and purpose is. That's true communication with God, and it can only begin from the place of thanksgiving. And so we want to look at these three things today. Uh, we were, Well, several more than three, but we want to define uh, what is true thanksgiving. We want to contrast uh, thanksgiving with unthankfulness. We want to look at the heart from which thanksgiving can, can grow. And then we want to look at the appropriate situations for thanksgiving. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father, we're so grateful uh, for this day and and, and grateful for the opportunity uh, that you provide for us to avail ourselves to you so that we can be thankful. We, we can do nothing of our own selves. And it only takes for situations to occur in our lives for us to realize that just like your son said in the Gospels, apart from you, we can do nothing. We don't have the ability to appreciate what you've provided for us. We don't have the ability to walk in the light of what has been provided to us. We need you for everything. 
And so we pray that as we look at this study, that it would cause us to uh, put ourselves in a position where we are willing uh, to avail ourselves to you at all times, not just in good times or not just in favorable times, but at all times in order that you might work through us. For it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, so our <coughs> definition, again, we got into it here at the, in the introduction, uh, but there are three words that we see that translate uh, this idea of thanksgiving. One, the action and the verb. One, the noun or the state of something that's happening. And then the adjective that modifies that noun. And so eucharisteo is from the composition of the Greek word you, meaning well or good. And uh, charizomai, which means uh, to give or, or to graciously give. And the verbal uh, form combined together indicates an expression of appreciation for grace extended to an individual. For the noun form, it's the attitude or appreciation for grace extended. And then uh, the adjectival form is a state of appreciation for extended grace. We see this in our uh, text that we were looking at over in uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 4, as well as verse 21, where we see thanksgiving begins within the believer. And it is born out of the inward parts of one who is spiritual. And then thanksgiving is outwardly expressed because of an inward existence. Go with me over to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 4. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 4. And it's interesting here that he contrasts strongly <laughs> here actions that are works of the flesh, right? These, this attitude or, or uh, uh that's going on within the believer where he's uh, displaying possibly works of the flesh. This is contrasted with a, a uh, attitude of thanks. But pick it up in verse 1. And he says there, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. This word for, uh, or these words for dear children here, this term, uh, comes from beloved born ones, right? The ad, not, not children here. Children just looks at a general uh, span of age, right? From uh, whatever age you're born to a certain age there, when you're, whenever you're called an adult. This is not the word we're looking at here. This is the word born once, which means you're born <laughs> in your rebirth out from God, right? Out from the source of God and into his family uh, to be called a, a true born one of God. And so by that, you can do verse two. And it says, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself on behalf of us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. But fornication and uncleanliness and covetousness, let it not once be named among you as becometh saints. This word becometh here is the idea of being fitting of one that is caused, called a saint. And so a lot of people will come to these um, clusters here of, of different kinds of works of the flesh or, or sins that you can be involved in. And they'll say, oh, man, this is a opportunity for a legalistic construct to set up. Right. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. This is not what he's telling you. He's telling you here that as you're examining your life, <laughs> if you see any of, the, any of these things popping up in your life, it's an opportunity to what I'd call course correct. Right? 
you're on the wrong path. Let's change course. Let's realign our thinking with who we are in Christ so that he can work through us. And that's the opportunity that you have here. Verse five, he says for this uh, or or excuse me, verse four, neither filthiness nor foolish talk nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. You see, this environment for these works of the flesh take place within a believer who is not thankful. And why do I say that? Well, we're going to see over in Romans chapter one that this is the environment that caused people to turn away from a God that was right there in front of them. At an opportunity where they could experientially know God, they chose something else (laughs) because it all goes back to the lie, right? And as you're looking at what is this lie? What is the lie? Well, I don't want to steal my thunder from (laughs) when we get there, but we'll see it in the next point. The lie and how that causes us to be unthankful. But suffice it to say, we can get to a point, uh, not just unsaved people, but believers can get to a point where we're deceived into thinking that there is more than what God has provided for us. Right. Is this not what caused Cain to go the way that he did? The way that God has told me to do it isn't enough. I've got something better over here. Right. Is that not what caused the Hebrew or the sons of Israel to go off in a different direction in Exodus chapter 19? Right. God says, I have done all of this for you. You've seen it. (laughs) I don't have to tell you about the ability that I have or could have. I've done it. All you got to do is look back to where I brought you from. I've done it. And they said, well. We can do more. (laughs) We can do what you said to do, and and we can go a little further than that. And God said, well, well, let's find out. (laughs) Um, And as you're you're thinking through this, uh, scroll down to verse 21 uh, 21, or 20. I said 21. I meant 20 uh, of of chapter 5. And and flip back, back just a little bit to verse 18. He says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit. (laughs) Now, a place where you're filled with the spirit is not going to be an environment for you to be unthankful, right? If you have soil that you've cultivated and that you've put good nutrition in, that's not a place where weeds and other things can thrive, right? That might fall apart. I'm not the best person to talk about yards. (laughs) Go and look at my yard and you'll find out. But Usually when you cultivate, when you produce an area that is, is a perfect area for something good to thrive in, that thing is going to thrive until you, you don't pay attention to it, right? If you neglect it and you don't pay attention to it, then it's not going to thrive. But the environment within each one of us where we've been cultivating the right attitude of appreciation to God is the right attitude or, or environment for us to produce thanksgiving, right? And to produce what God desires for us. Uh, In verse uh, 19, it says, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody, where? In your heart. We like to talk a lot, don't we? And I say we, I'm talking about not just you guys in the church, we as believers, we like to talk, talk, yap, 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 yap. I'm a believer. (laughs) I do this. I don't do this. And blah, 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 blah. But what does it look like to people on the outside? Can they see us? 
And when they see us, do we look like Christ? It's easy to say something, harder to produce something. Brother Don was talking about that this morning in one of his poems that he wrote, right? I'd rather uh, uh, see your message or your sermon than to, to listen to your sermon. I probably butchered what his poem was, but it, it had the attitude of that, right? We're so busy talking that people can't see our actions. They just hear our loud voices and Boy, 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 I'm a Christian. Nope, you're, you're not acting like one. Verse, verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're spiritual, suffice it to say, you're going to be giving thanks, right? And that attitude is going to start within you before it's projected outwards. Uh, and we'll come back to this here in a little bit. Now, there's a contrast clearly in Scripture between uh, what is thanksgiving and what is unthankfulness. This word for unthankfulness occurs very few times in Scripture. But a couple of the ones that you see really show forth an attitude that is really against what we've been provided and given in Christ. So, I mean, that sounds pretty self-explanatory, right? The unthankfulness shouldn't be a, a, an attitude that aligns with who you are in Christ. But as believers, a lot of times we're very unthankful and we don't see it and, and stop and say, hey, boy, I'm, I'm really not being thankful for what God has provided me here. We kind of lean into that behavior, right? And lean into that attitude and it just gets worse from there. This state of unthankfulness comes from the word for unthankful, which is ah. And this is the existing state of one who is unable to find appreciation for their present circumstance. So you lost everything, right? So you have this diagnosis. So you have any number of these things that are going on in our lives. Does it cause us to appreciate the fact that God could work this out differently? Or that God could be using this situation to stretch me or to grow me? Is that what we say first? Not if you're living in the flesh. You say, why? Why, God? Why does this happen to me? I don't deserve this. Right? Your boss tells you to do something at work. And you don't like it. You don't agree with it. Boy, I just don't like this guy. Right? I'm not going to do it. And you, you start to act in ways that are different. Uh, than what you should. And so being unthankful, the ability to be unthankful is present in unbelievers and believers. I'm going to tell you, unbelievers are always going to be unthankful for unfavorable circumstances. The shocking thing is a lot of times we as believers are too, and that is not where we should be. Let me uh, show you a little bit about how bad this attitude of unthankfulness can get. Go with me over to Romans chapter 1. In verse 21. This is an interesting place where Paul parked <laughs> this discussion. And he really transitions off of him preaching the gospel, right? And his desire to go to Rome to preach the gospel so that he could help these believers to live out in their Christian lives. But really, you can see it ties together when you think about the fact that this is not the gospel for salvation that he's going and wanting to preach to these believers at Rome. Why am I saying that? Because they're believers at Rome. 
right? They don't need to get saved. They need to know how they're to live in the present. And when you tie that with what you see of these people that were unthankful over the course and history of time, it tells you, hey, maybe this Thanksgiving thing is a big part of your presence and salvation and how we should be walking it out. Romans chapter 1, pick it up at verse uh, 16. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold or suppress the truth by unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And so as you look at unsaved people and being able to recognize an invisible God through his visible actions, they don't have any excuse, right? You can look and understand through creation and it sings a song that has been going on ever since God created everything that tells you how great and glorious our God is. Even in the fallen state of this world, me and the kids were doing a little volcano experiment and putting together this volcano. And I tried to get them to read through <laughs> and understand how these volcanoes are really formed. Uh, some didn't want to listen as, as much as others. I'm not going to call either one of them out. Uh, but you have this, this uh, action that even forms these volcanoes, right? And that causes this lava to shoot out of these volcanoes and to creep over the side what could have just caused this to happen, right? <laughs> These things just all happen by accident, <laughs> by circumstance, right? There, there wasn't a, a person that was involved in causing all of these things to happen. It couldn't have been, right? You see the power of God clearly throughout all of creation. And so people are, are without excuse. They don't... don't uh, uh, clearly understand that verse 21 it says because that uh, when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were they thankful now there's a lot that this could could point to in the Old Testament there was times in the Old Testament where God in the person of the second person of the Godhead was walking the earth and literally had relationships with people right what does it say about Enoch? He walked with God. And the people spiritualized that. Oh, he, he just walked and had a, a good uh, discussion going on with God in his mind. No, he, he literally physically walked with God. And people could know God at this time. But what happened? They glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. And so here you see the devolution that comes from unthankfulness. It goes from one thing that expands to another, that expands even further, and you get to where you're thinking that little boys can be little girls, 
right? People wonder how these things get away so fast. How you could have a, a world system that was afraid to talk about homosexuality on TV in the 90s when I was just a kid. And now you've got little boys claiming to be girls. It gets away from you pretty quick, doesn't it? And this is how the sin nature just spins out of control. But it stems from this attitude of unthankfulness that you see here. Their foolish heart was darkened out. This becoming vain in their imaginations, it comes from our uh, Greek word, uh, having the idea of a deceptiveness of mind that is willing to reflect on thoughts that are purposeless. Right. And this idea of imaginations we talked about before in one of our, our conferences, the place of the mind where ideas are formulated. And so in their minds, their minds are continuously bringing in these ideas of things that are purposeless. Right? There's no purpose to what you're doing. It's, it's a, a bunch of foolishness that goes on in the mind. Now, this darkened heart at, uh, uh, or darkness of hearts. It says their foolish hearts were dark. And this word for foolish is having the idea of a lacking of the ability of bringing concepts together in the mind. Right. And then the hearts are the mind, will and emotions. And so you see the inward parts of this man who has said uh, being thankful to God. <laughs> I don't need him. Right. It's going to cause you to spin into a place that you don't want to be. <laughs> you don't want God to give you over. To your thoughts that are going on in your heart and in your mind, because there are some ugly thoughts going on in the mind or the heart of one that is unregenerate. And you see what it leads to here. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And so you see this going on in the world today. Oh, we know everything. We we have the science on our side, the science which tells someone that they can be the gender opposite to, to what they really are. That kind of science? Oh, okay. <laughs> Verse 23, and change the glory of an un, the uncorruptible God into the image made like unto corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and the creeping things. So now they start to worship creation. Sound familiar <laughs> to anything that you see going on? Apart from a God who created all of these things, we can know, we can know it all. And we glory in this great creation that has been made, even though it wasn't created by a God. It, it just happened and, and came about, right? This is the attitude and posture of the unthankful man. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So it started at a place of uh, lack of appreciation for God it extended to worshiping the creation more than the creator. Then it internalized to actions that are against what nature intended for these bodies to be. And he says in verse uh, 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie. And really here I would translate that a little bit differently. I would say they exchanged the truth of God for the lie, right? What does this mean? There is a lie that Satan has been perpetrating from the start of creation with mankind, even from the fall, that you need something more than God, right? Why did Eve eat from the fruit of that tree? How was Satan able to tempt her? 
because he said, you know what? God is holding out something from you that you need. If she were thankful for everything that God had provided and saying, you know what? I don't need anything more. She had fruit to eat from what was so good about this fruit from this tree. And why did Adam follow along in that thinking? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it comes from upbringing. <laughs> no, no, not in his case. <laughs> but you see uh, this attitude even down to their sons. And so as you get into the sin nature, it devolves, right? It gets worse and worse. And so as you get into uh, uh, Cain, what did he say? God has provided me this way of sacrifice. And even if he didn't know, well, guess what? God said, here's the the sin offering waiting at your door. Go ahead and offer up and you're good. No, 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 no. There's something else. (laughs) Right. We're all idiots, brother. (laughs) There's something else. God is holding out on me. I can do something to to bring uh, glory to God through what I do. Uh, And it all spins off into that. And so... We could chase down the lie a little further, but we've got a lot more to cover here. And so uh, you see these results or a lack of appreciation from God. And again, exchanging the truth for the lie. Now, unthankfulness is also seen in the church. Go with me over to Second Timothy three, two. And we see that this is going to be something going on within the church in the last days of this dispensation. And guess what? Hint, hint. <laughs> I think we're here. Yes, second Corinthians or second Timothy. I almost said the wrong uh, book there again for a second time. But second Timothy chapter three and verse one. He says this. Know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful there's our word, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of them that are good, uh, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. This word for form here is the outward appearance of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And so... uh, (laughs) This has always been going on outside of the church here in the last days uh, concerning this dispensation that's going to be going on within the church. Right. And people are going to be unthankful. That's going to be an attitude that is pervasive within the church. And I I submit to you that this is something that is going on now uh, within many churches. Now, this is characteristic of men inside of the church. Again, we saw over there in Romans chapter one that men have always been unthankful outside of the church. This has not been something that's been prevailing within the church um, uh, previously. And so here here we see this. And we want to move on. And uh, again, we could land and probably do a whole series out of (laughs) some of these topics here. Um, but the heart of thanksgiving, and we've seen how the heart applies and go back with me over to Romans chapter one and verse 21. And we'll just quickly look at that. And we want to juxtapose what we see there with the attitude of what it's supposed to be in uh, Romans one chapter, uh, Romans one, uh, 21. And so this attitude here of, of out from the heart, 
Now here, they were unthankful, and what did it lead to? It led to a darkness of their heart. Now us, being ones that are regenerate and having the ability to walk in the fullness of who we are, Within ourselves, the right uh, environment, again, can uh, stem from this in our heart um, uh, of thanksgiving towards the Lord. And you can tie this with what we're going to see in uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21 as well. But it says in verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. You see the results there of unthankfulness. Now, the contrast and the flip of that is what? When you're appreciating truly who God is within, it's going to flow out from your heart. And we saw that in uh, Ephesians chapter five, where uh, these spiritual songs uh, result from it and and everything else that goes along there. And so um, the functionality of the heart uh, we see in scripture and we could go over to, to several of these, but I don't want to uh, get bogged down here. But if we can see that the Holy Spirit is written on the heart of the believer over in Second uh, Corinthians chapter three and verse three. And the spiritual songs of the believer are generated from the heart in Ephesians chapter five and verse 19. And then the will of God is accomplished through the heart in Ephesians chapter six and verse six. Now, as we think of the heart as composed of the mind, will, and emotions, and I want to just state how this ties together with your heart of thanksgiving, we see that your mind is the rational, or is rational, <laughs> uh, and to be thankful for every situation uh, uh, and knowing that we belong to God, uh, that created all things and is working all situations out for our good, and who has provided all things through Christ. That is where our mind should be, right? And so as you're thinking rationally upon these things, you know that God, this is the God of the universe. He has provided us a position in his son, Jesus Christ, and we can live in that position, right? And as a result of this, again, Thanksgiving is going to flow out. Now, will, when we have rationally thought through our position and our possessions that are in Christ, We are then able to voluntarily serve him and to appreciate what he has provided to us. Now, this is up to you, right? God is not going to override your will and say, you will be thankful for everything that I've provided to you. He doesn't do that, right? Though he has every right to. I wish he would sometimes, right? Slap me around and tell me to be thankful. It would be good for me, right? But no, he's not going to do that. He wants you to serve him out of your own volition and out of your own desires. He wants you to truly appreciate what he has provided for you by yourself and by the situations that he's allowed you or is allowing you to be in. And then your emotions, having allowed ourselves to properly align with who we are in Christ, our souls can be calmed from any external circumstances and direct the proper emotions toward Uh, and understanding who God is. And so uh, there is also a mental necessity for Thanksgiving that we see in Scripture. Uh, Go with me over to Romans uh, chapter 7 in verse 25. And here looking at the sin nature in this battle against the sin nature that Paul found himself in. And I want you to know Uh, We can pick on Paul as being one that has said, hey, don't live by law. And then he's turned around (laughs) and doing the exact thing that he he was telling people not to do. Well, 
Here you have Paul that was raised all the way up from his birth, all the way up to his adult life, way along in his adult life under law, right? And thinking this is the right thing. This is what I'm supposed to live by. And what do they say about old habits? <laughs> they die hard, right? And so as Paul is, is uh, walking this out, sure, he, in his mind, I'm sure he rationally thought through, you know, the Lord has taught me to live this way. But when you divert to who you are in the flesh, sometimes it overrides, right? It overrides what, you're, you're, uh, what you can see truth to be. And so we see that here. But as he's coming to the end of this battle and going back and forth, uh, I want to do this, but I'm trying to do it out from law and I'm not able to do it. Boy, I don't want to do this. And he comes to the conclusion in verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Now, nothing he said is wrong there in the flesh. He is a wretched man. Right. And you or I are, too. Right. But what's the answer? Verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so that. With with the mind, I uh, myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. You see here, uh, not I thank God. He says grace, right? An attitude of appreciation for the grace that's been provided to me through Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the answer to this conundrum that he's in. And so in the context, again, you see the, the flesh and the spirit going back and forth. You see law and grace, a battle over all of these. And finally, a realization that serving God rescues the believer from legal obligation. You see, the law has been completed in Christ. He fulfilled it all. He did it all. And so the answer is the grace that's been provided to you and an appreciation for the grace that's been provided to you in the context. And the conclusion that Paul reaches is, is that this appreciation for grace is necessary and the understanding of the provisions from the Lord then can, uh, to, can go out from that. Now, what is the per- appropriate situations for grace? And I kind of zoomed through the rest of what we had there and there was a lot of information, uh, but I wanted to spend the majority of our time here and looking at these uh, situations that uh, call for us to be thankful uh, Guess what situations you can't be thankful for? <laughs> Zero. There are no situations where you can't be thankful. And this is expressed through scripture in several different ways. All things, all men, <laughs> all situations. There is no situation, no person, no thing that happens to you where you can't be thankful. Now, we first see this over in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, and we'll spend the majority of our time on this one, uh, where he says, whatsoever things you do, uh, give thanks. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. And let's go back just a little bit, because there's some good positional truth here uh, in the context. And I hate going to a verse where it just says, do this, because we pulled it right out of the context, right? And, and then have that lasting in people's mind that, oh, I got to do this. We do that all the time, right? With putting on the armor. Put on the armor. But they ignore the, ver- the uh, verse that comes before that that tells you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So you go put on the armor by yourself and, oh, I got my armor on. I'm ready to go. And then Satan just knocks you around. <laughs> And you're thinking, boy, this just doesn't work. 
right? Yeah, it doesn't work because you, you put the armor on wrong. You did it yourself, right? I can't just say in my mind, I'm putting on the armor now <laughs> and, and have some success over it. It's, it's your position. And so here you see the same thing. And in verse 12, it says, And put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also you do. And above all these, put on charity, which is the bond of perfection. Now he's telling you, put these things on, put these things on. And these are actions that are apparent of one that's spiritual. So how are you going to put these on? It requires you to go through your position. Putting on something means that someone else can see on the outside these things that are described, right? And you can't show forth these actions without going to who you are in Christ and reflectively thinking there. And this is going to lead to our attitude of of thanksgiving. In verse 15, it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making uh, or singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do, whatsoever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. And so all things, <laughs> this attitude here of whatsoever is really a mouthful. You hear whatsoever and it, it's just a very specific thing when you hear that in English, whatever, whatever things, right? But it's way more emphatic in the Greek. He says all things. And remember, Pastor Dave did a paper about all things encompassing all. All means all, right? If you had a bottle filled with all um, uh, clothes detergent. Boy, I couldn't get that out. The detergent. And you're cleaning your clothes. It means every single drop of that all that's in that bottle is laundry detergent, right? All. So here he's saying all. All situations or all Things And it's in the neuter. So it particularizes the subject of the verb. Uh, you do whatever you do, all things, every single thing. And he's going to even go further than that to make it even more uh, pointed. Which things this word ha has the idea of a demonstrative pronoun in the neuter gender form. And it further particularizes the action of the subject that is going on. So which things. Right. All things, which things. And then he even goes further. He says certain things. Uh, and this particularizes the further scope of the things. And so it adds on also this particle on, which means so ever. So this is where they get the translation whatsoever things. Uh, but it goes even further than that. And this expresses a length and condition that is added uh, to this particle to. And so it's every single thing that you could possibly ever go through. It's almost like that double negative, right? Where uh, everything, or, or uh, 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 boy, uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16 is slipping my mind. Um, but this attitude here of there is no situation for which you can't give thanks. There you go. Thank you for the time. <laughs> Not firing on all cylinders here this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Sometimes. <laughs> uh, but we have here uh, this idea here of, of all things. And so my translation for this will be everything, whatever things you should happen to go through. Right. Now, this idea here of doing, uh, which is it's modifying you do. And so what does he say there in verse uh, 17? He says, whatsoever things you do. And this idea here of you do is uh, to do or to make from our uh, Greek word poeto. And in the subjunctive form that we find it here, it's the condition and the context of this statement is modified by the previous statement. So whatsoever things. And so I would translate it everything, whatever things you should happen to do. And this covers it all. right? So here's the direct situations you, you're involved in. Here's some you might also even be involved in going into the future. All of those things. Every single thing that you could possibly count to. What is he telling you? Well, there's a verbalist cause in the next. I should, I should look at my notes. Uh, and and uh, this is further modified by uh, words. And so whatever words you're saying or whatever uh, works you're doing. And so this uh, uh, thought or words or in deeds. Uh, that we see here. And then it supplies this clause for you do. So it carries over from the previous one in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so as you're looking at the name of the Lord Jesus, are we just going around saying Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, while we're doing actions? No, this means that you do it in his character as one that is calling themselves a Christian. Right. We are literally carrying his name on us. And the reputation of being ones that uh, are belonging to him. And so we see this. This word for character is expressing a manner that is befitting of ones being associated with him, uh, being the measurement of action. Right. And so if we're examining ourselves again. This is not saying, oh, boy, I'm not fitting it now. <laughs> Man, slap myself on the hand. This is a legalistic exercise that I'm going through. No, it's. <coughs> course correct get your mind back where it's supposed to be get our actions where where they should align with who we are in christ and so self-examination causes uh, one to see if they are meeting this measurement not legalistic challenge but uh, an opportunity to correct your course uh, and and this name is the one belonging to the lord jesus the lord is our divine master over us being voluntary voluntary servants and then Jesus, this emphasizes uh, his humanity uh, and elevating by resurrection uh, and is able to to uh, or being elevated by resurrection and is able to relate to us as human beings. And so he's not asking you to do anything that he didn't provide you the means to do. He's not asking you to do anything that he doesn't understand himself. Right. We have a savior, as it tells us over in Hebrews, that is touched by all of our infirmities. He understands exactly what we're going through. And this is important to remember as you're giving thanks. Now, uh, he further expresses here to give thanks. And so uh, in, in verse 17, it says, "In uh, whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father. And so this uh, idea here of giving thanks uh, is a participle uh, form that mat modifies this verbless clause. So it kind of stands on its own. And it's while continually, I would translate it, being ones that are thankful, right? 
continually being ones that are thankful. This is a continual state that's going on and that he's encouraging to go on within the believer. And who are you giving thanks to? To God, even the Father by him. And you guys might have uh, might remember this Granville Sharps uh, construction where you have this this article and it's joined together by these two uh, nouns. And so it means that they're both one and the same. The father, even God. Right. Not looking at the son here and giving thanks to him. You're giving thanks to the father, even God uh, in, in this context. Uh, and by him is speaking of Jesus Christ. And really, I would translate this by him is because of him. Right. Because we have a position in Christ and because the Holy Spirit is able to dictate our walk, that Christ can be seen through us. Now we're saying it's because of him and the work that he's accomplished that we're able to be thankful. And so the summary, the attitude of Thanksgiving creates an environment within the believer where all of our words and actions align with the character of who we are claiming to be in Christ. We also see all things as if this weren't enough. This should have spanned every situation that could be accounted for, right? But we saw all things over in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. So go back with me there. And we'll hit this one real quick. And we got one more that we want to look at and we'll close out. But Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. And he says there, uh, uh, we'll go back one verse. He says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. And so here you see Thanksgiving uh, derives from this spiritual condition that's existing in the believer that allows the believer to speak to himself or themselves in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, right? And that's what we talked about at the conference, this ongoing uh, melody, unchained, if you will, <laughs> if you remember Elvis. It's going on within the believer. It just doesn't stop, right, until you're carnal. <laughs> That'll interrupt that song. But as long as you're spiritual, this is an ongoing song within the believer and what comes out from that environment. Thankfulness. Right. Now, some of you might not be thankful for my singing when I get up here. So that's what shows you it's within the believer. Right. It's not from without. Uh, but we see here that this, again, derives from the spiritual condition that allows for the believer to sing songs. Uh, it is in the heart of the believer. And it is always this idea here of always. He says here, giving thanks always. It's a bad translation. I, I, not bad, but it doesn't really give the whole scope here. He's saying at all times, right? Pantote. There is no time within your walk that you shouldn't be able to give thanks, right? Whether you want to say it's this season, this is a term people like to use in Christendom a lot, right? I'm in this season of my life. Well, in this season of your life right now, even if you're going through terrible things, guess what you can do? You can give thanks. Right. Or this, it might be this chronological time in my life, this linear time in my life. Guess what? You can give thanks for that situation that you're in. There is no situation you can't give thanks for. And he says in the name or character of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's similar to what we saw 
over there, we're, uh, we're looking at this character that we're calling ourselves belonging to of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he adds on here Christ, right? And Christ looking at the glorified and resurrected one. Him that has given you the power through his action to be able to overcome and accomplish all things in your Christian life. And so there is no time for which you shouldn't be thankful. Last one we see is over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. And we want to look at everything you can be thankful for. Now, here, everything in the context, these uh, Thessalonian saints were under a little persecution, right? <laughs> now, most people would look at that and say, hey, <laughs> I don't know that I can be thankful for going through persecution. We know Paul was already in the state where he was ran out of here, right? And not able to, to be with them at this moment. So he knows exactly what they're going through. And what does he tell them to be thankful he says in verse, uh, go back to verse 11. It says, wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as you also do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly and comfort the feeble minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that you render uh, that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow after that which is good, uh, uh, both among yourselves and to all men. I uh, stop there because <laughs> uh, this word always comes up and you do some of these studies and they just stick out in your mind <laughs> as you come across them. But we did a study on this word for follow or pursue. Right. And he's saying here, pursue the inherently good thing both among yourselves and to all men. And who's the all men in this circumstance? Even the men there in Thessalonica who are trying to do you harm. Doesn't even sound reasonable for, from a human perspective, right? We don't, we don't want to even do nice things for people that are, are uh, just getting on our nerves a little bit, much less people that are, are persecuting you. This doesn't, this doesn't sound right, right? <laughs> He says uh, in verse uh, 16, rejoice every more, pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Yes, even when things aren't going right. Yes, even when that person cuts you off in traffic. <laughs> no, don't don't go and. Read them the riot act. They can't hear you for one. <laughs> for two, uh, it is what it is. In everything, give thanks. This word for everything here uh, has the idea of uh, all things again. It spans all things. There is no situation. Panta, all, all, all. Every last one of them, give thanks, right? And this is not for a believer to say, boy, I was unthankful over here. I'm a failure. <laughs> I can't do it the next time. You know what the good thing about God is that I've come to discover about grace? He wipes that slate behind you clean. Right? Look forward. <laughs> Don't look backward. Right? His grace, his mercy is renewed for you every day. And so it, it's on forward in everything. OK, I was unthankful back here. Now it's time for me to be thankful moving forward. And that should be a, a negative example of what not to do when you come across this situation again in the future. 
And so uh, as we look at this, and I didn't probably do this uh, subject as much justice as I would have liked to, uh, probably would have been better broken into a series, but <laughs> Thanksgiving is an appreciation for the provisions that you've been provided by grace, right? It's right there in the word. And I know you guys don't see it all the time with the Greek words that are tossed around, but it, trust me, it's right there. <laughs> you can go verify me if you want to. Thanksgiving is an existing presence within the believer as a result of a proper positional alignment. You cannot be thankful for the provisions that you've been provided by God, by grace, if you are not aligned with who you are in Christ, right? Why do we say set your mind on things above or reflectively think on things above or have all of the thoughts continually going through your mind on things above? Because it helps you, you know, first because it's in scripture, <laughs> Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, but it helps you to truly appreciate the things that have been provided for you, right? And these things that are going on on the earth become a little bit smaller when you're thinking about what you have in eternity, right? Sometimes this life gets bigger than what it is. And eternity becomes small because it's not what we're experiencing at the time. Well, if you're not experiencing eternity, it's because of you <laughs> and because of me. It's not because of God, right? He's provided everything for us to experience it right now, even though you can't see it, right? But if you have faith in him, you can, you can walk in that eternity. Now, uh, Thanksgiving is lacked in the life of the believer, or, or Thanksgiving being lacked in the life of the believer is an entryway for the flesh. And we saw it over there in Romans chapter 1, as well as other places, that these works of the flesh arise not out of people that really appreciate who God is and what God has provided. They arise out of an environment of people that are unthankful, right? And we as believers can certainly be there to where we're not appreciating the experience that we have by grace. And finally, Thanksgiving is appropriate for every possible situation that you can go through. Did those all words catch your attention as we were going through? Was anything left out of there to where eh, maybe this, this situation right here might be a cause for us to be unthankful? No, I think all means all, right? And we saw that pretty pointedly, right? Even in, especially, uh, 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 not, not in Ephesians, but in Colossians 3, we saw all broken down into several different categories, right? To where if we could say, oh, he doesn't really mean all that's just general. No, he got pretty specific to say everything, whatsoever things, whatsoever situation you can go through, give thanks. Uh, and so as we're walking out these Christian lives, it's going to be difficult because the challenge is there from our spiritual enemies, especially from Satan, to say, hey, this is not enough, right? You don't have enough. You don't have enough money to do what it is that you want to do in life. Well, I like the way the pastor has said it over many years. If we don't have enough money as a church to operate, maybe it's time for us to dissolve, right? And if you and your individual walks with Christ don't have the means to do what it is that you're trying to do, maybe God's trying to tell you something. <laughs> maybe there's something else that he has for you. And if you can't be thankful in your situation, maybe this is something that God is not asking for you to do. 
maybe it's time for you to reconsider, right? We should be able to be thankful in all things. And if you can't take anything else out of today, let's take that away. Father, we're grateful for this day. We're grateful for everything that you've provided. Uh, it is easy to be thankful and appreciate uh, when we see these things in Scripture. A little bit harder when we separate from Scripture and we're walking uh, in our lives and situations and challenges are coming about. Uh, but might we be ones that are taking note of these opportunities where we've uh, slipped off the path, where we're not thankful where we haven't appreciated what you provided for us just because of the worldly circumstance? And might we be ones that uh, the next time those things come around, we, we kind of think it through and say, you know what? Last time this happened, I was unthankful. This time I have a true appreciation for what God is doing in this circumstance to grow me or to stretch me, to conform me to the image of his son. May that be our posture as we walk in these lives. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.